We'll now have our Bible reading. The Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 14, beginning at verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking towards them on the lake, And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And then they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to walk to you on the water. He said to him, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Shall we pray together? Lord, may my mouth speak wisdom and the meditation of my heart bring understanding to awaken our hearts, expand our minds and shape our identity in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we're exploring another of Jesus' life-changing questions. The question this time occurs in one of Jesus' most well-known miracles when he asks his most famous apprentice, Peter, why did you doubt after he initially succeeds in walking on the Sea of Galilee? Miracles by nature are life-changing experiences, aren't they? Equally, I've found asking a single question can also be life-changing. It's why I believe today's question from Jesus to Peter, why did you doubt, is one of those questions which has the power to change the trajectory of your life. Why? Because Jesus is still a miracle maker today. When he becomes real to you, he changes your life forever, for the better. The longer I live, the stronger my conviction is that the greatest miracles aren't those which society deems as spectacular, but rather, there is no greater miracle than the changing of a human heart. 
for those who've never had a relationship with Jesus, when he becomes real to you, your life changes for the better. A miracle occurs in you. For those who've already chosen to follow Jesus, when you ask him to change a a character flaw or a behavioral difficulty in your life and he does it, your heart changes for the better. And another miracle occurs in you. So let's be open this morning to this life-changing question for what miracle Jesus may offer you as we look once more at this most famous scene. Here's what we know. No more than 10 hours has passed since Jesus performed another of his greatest miracles, the feeding of the 5,000. Yet as we see, a lot can happen in a short period of time. We also know that it's just after 6 p.m. The disciples have been sent off by boat to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which, remember, is an inland sea, not much bigger than this island. And while they've gone off, Jesus has dismissed the crowds and he's gone up on a small mountain to pray. During the watches of the night, a storm has erupted. And now imagine this scene with me. The disciples find themselves still far from the land. They're sailing into a strong wind and in good fishing language, their boat is being battered by the waves. It's now early in the morning, which means sometime between 3 and 6 a.m., but it's dark and they're still in the midst of the storm. We know that they're fatigued, Not just from fighting the storm, but we also know before they even got in the boat, in fact, before the previous day began, they're in need of respite. We also know probably they're feeling a little fragile at this moment, soaked to the skin, teeth chattering. They're probably fed up as well, not to mention frustrated with blistered hands. And, oh yes, one more thing. They're probably a little fearful. Because even for experienced fishermen, and precisely because they were experienced fishermen, many of them, who knew what the dangers of this sea, they're a little fearful and frightened at the danger that they're now in. Sound familiar? Being thrown into the midst of the storm and feeling all of a, or a combination of being fatigued, fragile, fed up, frustrated, and or fearful. Sound familiar to where you might be this morning? In such circumstances, it's easier to doubt. So listen closer then to what Jesus' life-changing question may say to you today. Back to the story. Now we read the disciples' fear has escalated to terror levels, not from the storm, but what they see amidst the storm. Yes, it's dark. Yes, the waves and the wind are blowing water and their hair into their eyes. But now they see a ghost-like figure coming towards them. Immediately we read Jesus speaks to bring calm amidst the storm. Remember that Jesus speaks to bring calm amidst the storm. The words he uses, ego imi, or imi ego, to be more precise, the words that God uses to introduce himself to Moses at the burning bush. Amidst their fear and doubt, it's Peter who speaks. 
He doesn't say what, what we might. Lord, if it's you, command this storm to stop. Or Lord, if it's you, tell us what we had for supper last night. Instead, amidst their fear and doubt, he says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. In other words, take away my doubt. Make me have faith. I sometimes wonder if even the wind and the waves were shocked into silence at Peter's words. But perhaps before Peter's had the chance to realize what his mouth has said, Jesus says, come. Then it all happens so quickly. Picture now the scene with me. Peter puts one hand on the edge of the boat and another. He stands up wobbling around as the boat rocks. It would be hard enough to walk on water in calm waters, never mind stormy ones, with the wind whipping his hair into his eyes. Peter pulls one leg of the side of the boat and another and goes overboard. With the other disciples' hearts beating in their mouth, doubting Peter's chances of success, and before they've got the opportunity to pull him back, Peter puts his feet on top of the water. He takes one hesitant step. One small step for him, one giant leap for his faith. The adrenaline is rushing. He takes another and another. The gap to Jesus is closing. But then the strong wind bites back into Peter's face. He starts to look around and fear hijacks his faith. And all of a sudden, he has that sinking feeling. Ever been there? As Barbara Brown Taylor writes, even if we've never tried to walk on water, we know how Peter felt. It's probably similar to learning to ride a bike. We're wobbling around and then we gain enough speed and the wobbling stops and we're flying down the hill when suddenly we become scared. We lose our confidence and we put one foot on the ground and it's over before it's begun. Lord, save me, is Peter's cry. I'm sure we've been there. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, saying, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? You can imagine in that moment, even the storm being stunned into silence. Which is what happens when Jesus and Peter get into the boat. Once in the boat, it's another moment when all are left in wonder and amazement at Jesus, the miracle maker. So let's return to this life-changing question Jesus asked Peter. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? I guess for a follower of Jesus, it's the question we never want to hear addressed to us. Yet it's probably a question we ask ourselves repeatedly. Why don't I have more faith? Why can't I trust God? Why do I doubt? I believe God is good. He's in control. Then this pandemic hits. So many people die. What will happen to me? We start to doubt. We sink. We become people of little faith. It's actually one Greek word. Oligopistos. Meaning those who don't have the faith 
needed to trust God in the situation concerned or in the situation concerned where one's faith is found to be faulty or patchy or incomplete or not secure. In such circumstances, we hear the words Peter heard. Why did you doubt? The Greek word here is the word distadzo. It means to be double-minded or to be in two minds, to be hesitant, to be wavering. It's not an uncertainty in terms of belief in God, but rather it's a practical hesitation of how to act for him in a particular situation. As if we become disorientated as a result of unfamiliar and overwhelming situations. Or we suffer a loss of confidence in God in the face of the elements. Sound familiar maybe to you to what's been going on these past 10 months? When Peter looks only at Jesus, he has faith. When Peter starts looking around, his doubts arise. Faith is about a single focus on Jesus. Whereas doubt has an eye on Jesus plus the circumstances as if we're living in two worlds. The uncertainty of doubt affects us all. In the Gospels we read even the bold and fearless John the Baptist when he's languishing in a prison cell nearing execution starts to doubt whether Jesus really is the one. Whether he really is the Messiah. Or even some of Jesus' disciples after the resurrection when the risen Jesus is before their very eyes the text tells us that some of them doubted it really was him. As the Bible reading reminds us, why do we doubt? Because we're afraid. Things appear dangerous or uncertain or unpredictable. The sea is vast and we are small. The storm is powerful and we seem to fall. Life seems so overwhelming and we lie helpless in its grip. It's not as if our faith and our doubts are mutually exclusive. Because we are people of faith and of doubts. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. We do have faith, yet we mess up. We walk with Jesus and we fall. We take a few steps and we sink. We cry out, Lord, save me. And he does. We receive his healing hand again and again and we receive his rebuke. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? It would be very easy to see doubt as failure but few if any doubt when the waters are calm remember this only Peter overcomes his doubts and fears at first and actually walks on the water yet only Peter sinks in his doubts this is why we all need Jesus the miracle maker in our lives if we could walk on water by ourselves we wouldn't need a saviour when we doubt which we all will at times, and we cry out to Jesus like with Peter, we receive from him three things. We receive from him grace first. We receive his hand. Then we receive truth with his questioning rebuke. Why did you doubt? But thirdly, we always receive acceptance. Acceptance. 
and never rejection. He puts us back in the boat. It draws us once more to worship Jesus, the miracle maker, to turn our eyes to him as the disciples do, but also, and here's where it becomes life-changing, it fires us up ready for another opportunity to have the experience of stepping out in faith onto the water, walking with Jesus. Shall we pray together? Lord Jesus, the waymaker and miracle maker, amidst our faith and doubt, help us to see and hear you alone in our storms. As you call us, enable us to overcome our waves of doubt and to step out in faith onto the water, walking with you. In your name we pray. Amen.